What is happening, everybody? It is time for Logan's Lowdown. I'm your host, Logan Lewis, and it is good to be back with y'all. <clears throat> Man. Apologies for the lack of an episode the last couple weeks or so. I've just been, you know, the holidays are ramping up and there's not been much time. And uh, honestly, I don't think I did an episode last week solely for the purpose and the fact of I didn't have any content to review. Um, I didn't have any content to talk about. So I just didn't do an episode. I think we did some traveling too. We got back late and, you know, I said, you know what? I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to do an episode. But uh, this is episode 300 of Logan's Lowdown. Uh, and that's 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 incredible. But, but more, on, more on that later. Uh, a couple things before we really get going. Number one, follow the show on Instagram, at Logan's Lowdown. Yes, I changed the handle. It was Binge Boys Pod. It is now Logan's Lowdown. The music changed last time as well, or a few episodes now, again, at this point. And uh, now we have a temporary logo. You're probably thinking, Logan, this isn't, this isn't much. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it, it's not much, um, but it is temporary to get the branding uh, switched over. I wanted to do it by episode 300. I couldn't get, make that happen again because of the holidays. Things are wild, and that's okay. Um, but we're here, episode 300, with a temporary logo. Um, the logo, uh, that this logo is soon going to be replaced with the permanent branding for the future of the show, so stay tuned for that. Uh, the second thing, if you like what you hear, send this show to one friend or family member that uh, you think that would enjoy this podcast. Um, if you're sh- interested in short-form video content where I rank, review movies, uh, that's short-form video content, uh, whatever, hop over to my TikTok and give it a follow, and that handle is at Logan's Lowdown as well. Um, if you're new here to Logan's Lowdown, let me tell you how the show works. Most of the content will be the weekly entertainment update that was the format back on when this show was known as the Binge Boys podcast. Those shows follow this format. We'll do this very intro, and then we do a couple subtopics of news or conversation, followed by one, two, maybe three main topics, usually reviews, trailer breakdowns, ranked lists of some kind, etc., etc. There will be other content forms on this feed. All of my experimental pods and the others... Uh, forms of experimentation and content that one day will come to fruition on this feed. So without further ado, let's get rocking. So for my topic number one today, we have the triumphant return of Bob Iger as the CEO of Disney. Now you're probably wondering, like many of us were, uh, what happened? And I'm going to tell you. So this is an article over from NBC News, um, and they wrote the following here. In a twist worthy of a Hollywood screenplay, the board of the Walt Disney Company outed, uh, or oust, ousted? Why you gotta use hard words, NBC? Can't speak. Uh, Walt Disney Company fired CEO job pay Bob Chapek on last Sunday and replaced him with a familiar face, and that is Bob Iger, who run the entertainment giant for 15 years and then stepped aside two years ago. Iger is widely considered entertainment industry royalty, celebrated for his management and created chops. He turned Disney into a global powerhouse by acquiring brands such as 21st Century Fox, Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and others. 
In contrast, uh, Chapek's tenure at the helm of Disney was rocky, starting off with the turmoil of the pandemic and culminated this month in a dismissal uh, or in a bad, sorry, a dismal uh, fourth quarter earnings report that rattled Wall Street. And uh, how did we get here? Why is Bob Chapek hated so much? Well, I'm going to tell you. So JPEG turned, took the reins at Disney in the early days of the pandemic, an unprecedented calamity that forced him to close the company's world-famous theme parks, pull blockbuster movies from multiplexes, and shut down other operations. In the second year of the pandemic, which many consumers were still nervous about returning to theaters, Disney decided to make certain movies available to rent simultaneously on its streaming service, including Marvel's Black Widow. The move infuriated Black Widow star Scarlett Johansson, who filed a lawsuit against the company and argued that the simultaneous release ate into the film's theatrical box office revenue and deprived her of a substantial cut of the ticket sales. In a sharply worded statement that raised eyebrows in Hollywood, Disney said that the lawsuit was, quote, especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney and Johansson ultimately settled the suit on undisclosed terms, but the episode signaled to many in the entertainment industry that JPEG did, was not as deft as Iger when it came to managing all important relationships with megawatt talent. Then there's the Florida fiasco. Nearly two years after taking over, Chapek became entangled in a public relations snafu that angered employees and made the corporation a magnet for criticism for both for pe- from people on both sides of America's culture wars. In March, in Florida, uh, home to Orlando's Walt Disney World, enacted a measure that bars instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in elementary schools up to the third grade, uh, a law that opponents called the Don't Say Gay Rule. Initially, Chapek tried to avoid directly criticizing, criticizing the bill, but when employees rebelled, he apologized and vowed to make a more forceful stand in defense of the LGBTQ community. Quote, it is clear that this is not just an issue about a bill in Florida, but yet another challenge to basic human rights. You needed me to be a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights, and I let you down. I am sorry, he said in a letter to employees. But that apology set off another round of criticism, this time from the conservative media outlets and Republican politicians, including Governor uh, of Florida, Ron DeSantis, right-wing activists called for a boycott of Disney, accusing it of being too woke. In late April, DeSantis went even further, signing a bill into law that would officially strip Disney of a special governing status in the area around its Orlando theme parks. Chapek's original stance on the don't say gay measure was seen by many observers as a stark reversal from the more openly progressive Iger era. Chapek's response to criticism was similarly viewed as a rare public relations nightmare for a family-friendly company. And then there's also financial woes. Disney is not only is not the only media entertainment company grappling with tough economic headwinds and the effects of inflation. Paramount, NBC Universal, and Warner Media are facing similar issues. But for investors who saw Disney as a reliable part of their portfolios, the company's recent balance sheet troubles were a cause of concern. Shares of the Walt Disney Company are down 40% this year and layoffs are pending. Two weeks ago, Disney announced a lower than expected profit and revenue for the fourth fiscal quarter, sending shares plunging. The company's direct-to-consumer division, which includes Disney+, Plus, reported a staggering $1.5 billion in losses for the quarter. 
Chapek, for his part, reportedly baffled investors on the earnings call with what New York Times described as a happy-go-lucky tone. In short order, CNBC host Jim Cramer called for his firing. So, in a quote from Disney, Mr. Iger has the deepest respect of Disney's senior leadership program, most of whom he worked closely with until his departure as executive chairman 11 months ago, and he is greatly admired by Disney employees worldwide, all of which will allow for a seamless transition of leadership. Um, so, here we are. Bob Iger is back, and we will see where that leads us in the coming months and years. He signed a two-year contract, so we'll see where he is at the end of that. So, that is from NBC News, and uh, that is the status. Bob Iger is back, everybody. Can I get a whoop whoop? Because this is good stuff. All right, next up here, we've got another story in the Disney world, and that is that Marvel's Blade finds a new director. And this is coming to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Marvel Studios' Blade is being unsheathed once more this time with a whole new creative team. Jan Demange, who directed the pilot of HBO's boundary-pushing horror series Lovecraft Country, has come aboard to helm the vampire action thriller that has Mahershala Ali to star. Meanwhile, Michael Strawberry, who earned an Emmy nomination for penning an episode of When They See Us, has been hired to pen a brand new script for this film. The new team puts the project back on track after it lost its original director in September. The parting ways was due to creative differences and occurred suddenly as the project was in pre-production and heading towards a November production start in Atlanta. Rather than jamming another director in something that is clearly needed to overhaul, Marvel pressed pause for a deeper look under the hood. That meant a page one rewrite for the project, which had labored in the screenwriting phase. Ali was also personally involved with settling uh, or selecting the writer, according to sources. Details are being kept under wraps, but sources say the new intent for Blade to dark and or I'm sorry, the new intent is for Blade to dark and gritty in tone, falling on the edgier side of Marvel fare and maybe even maybe even finding common shading with the fondly remembered Blade movies that were made in the early 2000s starring Wesley Snipes. The plan is to go into production in, in Atlanta in 2023, maintaining Blade's release date that is set for September 6th, 2024. So... This is good. This is great. Uh, Blade is a very, very much so anticipated uh, release uh, in the Marvel uh, upcoming slate of things, and to know that it is back on track and it is ready to rock, I uh, I'm excited. Everyone's excited, and uh, we will see where we go from here. So Blade is back on track. All right, everybody. The next topic we have today is topic number three. Topic number three is my review of God of War Ragnarok. That is the sequel to the 2018, I believe, uh, reboot of the God of War series. So, storyline here, Kratos and his son Atreus, Atreus face the oncoming Norse apocalypse known as Ragnarok. This game is only playable on PlayStation consoles. It was directed by Eric Williams at the Santa Monica studio, and it stars Christopher Judge, Sonny Selleck, Robert Craighead, Daniel, Danielle, 
Busati, Richard Schiff, and more. And um, I wrote a snippet of my review for God of War Ragnarok in last week's edition of my newsletter that you can find um, in the description of this episode. That's loganlewis.substack.com. So let's see what I said about God of War. I am not someone who was in love with the God of War games that came out around 15 years ago. I played them, I played them mainly for those brutal boss fights and draw dro- dropping finishing moves. I never really cared about the story or the mythology surrounding the characters or the history. They were honestly just mindless fun. I never really planned on buying 2018's reboot to the series entitled God of War, but I believe that game was one of the free games that PlayStation gifted to me one month, and I remembered the memories of the game that gave me back when I was a kid, so I said, what the hell? To make a long story short, that game blew me away, and the rest of the world, in that as well, away with the first hour of playtime. So, as you could assume, when the sequel was announced, the world got pretty damn excited. So two weeks ago, their game released, and here are my thoughts. I liked it a lot. Uh, Something tells me that the first game was better, but that is also comparing apples to apples. Both games are a solid 10 out of 10, so at that point, it's like picking which is the favorite. Uh, There are elements of the new game that I don't care for a lot, but they are not significant enough to get me really upset or to take away from the game as a whole. The cast is still superb, giving amazing performances, especially the actors that play Kratos and Atreus. The two actors that play them deserve Academy Awards for their performances. I don't know if... Uh, video game performances. Actually, let me correct myself. I know they don't get Oscars or Grammys or any of those high ticket awards. I know they would get awards at the uh, whatchamacallit, at the game awards. However, I I don't believe that this, uh, I do not believe that they get it anywhere else, which sucks because they deserve it. Uh, The game also plays really smooth, similar to the first entry. The game is beautiful, rarely ever missing a beat with the processing power of my PlayStation 5. The new environments and realms that you travel to all have their own beautiful designs and layouts and enemies, and it is so refreshing to see a studio put so much work into the world as much as they do the characters and the plot. The game is also very long. I have probably put 15 to 20 hours into the game and still feel like I have at least 5 to 10 more hours to go. And that's even just the main story that I've done with side quests sprinkled in in here. There is a ton to do in the main story, at least it feels that way later on in the game. For the first chunk of the game, it felt like my only option was the main story. Again, I'm not super upset about it, but from the get-go in the first game, you had more to do is all. This game makes you play more to get to side quests, which is fine. I, again, I, I'm not upset about it that much, but it does, um, it does, it is noticeably different there. But long story short, I do love this game a lot. I hope they round it off. Uh, and make a third entry in the series. I haven't even beaten this game yet as I'm recording this Sunday the 27th. I still have not completed it. And I'm going to take my sweet time because I love it so much. Just like its predecessor, God of War Ragnarok is the best game I have played in years. If you have a PlayStation 4 or 5, simply put, you must own this game. So that is what I wrote in my newsletter and I, I, I'm still there, man. I still haven't beaten this game. I love it. I highly recommend that you buy it full price. Support this studio. Let them get that. Let me let them get that bag. They deserve it. It's a kick-ass game, 
And uh, I, I really, really hope they do more. I, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, honestly. I've been away for four or five days for the, va- for the Thanksgiving holiday, and I have not played it. And I am inching uh, uh, back to the controller as we speak to play it as soon as I'm done recording this. So God of War Ragnarok available only on PlayStation consoles four and five. So get out there and get it. All right, guys. The next topic we have today is my review of the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Uh, A lot of people, I guess, forgot that this was happening. Um, So the storyline here is to make Christmas special for Quill, the Guardians head to Earth in search for the perfect Christmas gift. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is available exclusively on Disney+. Plus. It clocks in right around 45 minutes, directed by James Gunn, starring, of course, Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, uh, Vin Diesel, uh, and most importantly, Kevin Bacon. Uh, I for- oh, I forgot to say it over at, um, for my review for God of War, but I give that an A, obviously. Uh, and I gave this one an A as well, a 95 of out out of a hundred for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special similar to werewolf by night. This special felt both full, but also contained, um, but also not full enough. I, I just, the, 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 the special was so well written and so well acted by the, cast that we all know and love at this point from the guardians movies and the Avengers movies. Uh, James Gunn just doesn't miss man. It, it, it really kind of depresses me. The fact that, uh, that this is ending after guardians three, um, at least James Gunn, James Gunn's, uh, work on the guardians, whether that Marvel does more with the guardians of the galaxy in the future. Um, it's depressing. It's, 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 it's kind of depressing. However, in terms of a Christmas special, this hits it on the head. Uh, Drax and uh, Mantis feel sorry for Peter Quill because he knows, or because they know that he was kidnapped from Earth, so he never got to celebrate Christmas really again. And Yondu always made it difficult for him to celebrate because Yondu obviously wasn't from Earth, and Yondu uh, definitely didn't want Quill to have a good time considering he kidnapped him. Um, so Drax and uh, Mantis set out on a quest to go retrieve Kevin Bacon as a Christmas gift to Star-Lord. And that's all I can say, really. I mean, it, I don't want to get into spoilers. I know it's really not overly spoilerish. It is a special, and it does push the story forward. There is an end credit scene, but it's just a joke. Um, Groot and Rocket aren't in this much. Nebula isn't in this much either. Uh, I believe Nebula has one line. Uh, Rocket and Groot also have one line, especially Groot. We all know what that one line is. Um, but it uh, it, w- it was a good time. I was worried about it being not the best, um, but, but it's honestly one of the better things that we've gotten in Phase 4. What a coincidence that both the Werewolf by Night project and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special project uh, were some of the best things that Phase 4 had to offer. Marvel needs to pump the brakes on the shows and give us more of these one-off, loosely connected to the MCU stories because it works, and it works brilliantly here. I could not recommend this enough. It's a fun Christmas special that um, you can turn on and 
watch with the family, watch it on Christmas Eve. You know, it's not going to replace Rudolph and it's not going to replace the Polar Express, but it is a good Christmas special and it now has inserted itself into the conversation. Um, yeah, that's that's my short thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And my last topic of the day uh, is a... Uh, is a is a is a, is it, it, it's just kind of a thank you. Sorry for the stutter there. Um, also, I don't want my phone thing to go off again. My computer. Here we go. So uh, yeah, uh, this is episode three hundred, and uh, let me just say that this was my plan all of lo- all along. It didn't really seem like that, but I've I've always had this goal in mind to unify everything I do. I attempted it with Watchdog Media, right? Y'all remember, I started this company that had all of these podcasts I was doing under its one umbrella. And I, you know, I I, I never really knew what I was doing. I, I, Catherine, my wife, will criticize me in saying that I have, I, I, my one of my biggest problems is I get really excited about an idea and then I jump on the opportunity to, uh, to do so. Uh, you know, I make a decision that's really rash and I don't think about it long enough. And then it, you know, it happens and then I rebrand or I, I do something. But that's just to say that I've always wanted to unify my brand as one complete entity. This very podcast has seen several different names and logos over the years, as well as branding and hosts, fonts, sounds. It's just, it's been all over the place. I've also done a ton of other content as well. Like I said, I did I did the company. I still own the rights and the domain to that LLC. I still do web design work on the side, which reminds me that once uh, this brand is completely finalized, I will be making a website for the brand. Um, but that's probably coming in spring of next year. There's a lot of things that have to happen before that. Um, I wanted to unify my newsletter and my TikTok feed and this podcast to be the trifecta of me. All of my content in one place under one name. I'm so thankful for the fact that I'm here and I'm thankful for all of the people that got me here. Pearson, Zach, Matt, Tanner, Mitch, Megan, Emily. They've all blessed your ears with uh, gr- and me uh, with great output on this podcast. To them, I just simply say thank you. Um, and my other biggest cheerleader has always been Catherine, my wife who has put up with me for years and has encouraged and been supportive and has low-key been my creative director. Um, and she's been supportive and encouraging of all of the ups and downs that have struck this brand and this podcast as a whole. So I love you, Catherine, if you hear this. Um Thanks a bunch to everybody that has stuck around and listened and liked and commented and subscribed and followed and all of the above. And uh, here's to the next 300. Um, I'm excited for what the future holds for Logan's Lowdown. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode, folks. If you have thoughts on this week's topics, feel free to follow the show on social media and start the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Logan's Lowdown and me personally at Logan Lewis 96. I also started a Twitter account 
Um, forgot to mention that at the top. And you can follow me personally. I'm going to be tweeting stuff both about my life and just me, uh, but also my content as well. So uh, go follow me at Logan Lowdown. No S. The, the S was taken. I'll find that person. I'll find you. Um, and like I said at the top, if you like short form video content, you can follow my channel on TikTok as well at Logan's Lowdown. If you like the content I put out and you want more, there is always more. I do another weekly podcast with my two very good friends, Jordan and Matthew called Guys on Tap. We discuss everything and anything while having having a cold drink and it is a ton of fun that show is available on all platforms as well instagram tiktok youtube all of it is at guys on tap and that podcast is available anywhere that you listen to this one if you like written content i write a bi-weekly newsletter entitled logan's lowdown where i write about all things me I talk about my personal life, I give full movie reviews, streaming recommendations, what I've been watching lately, comics, jokes, Catherine's Corner, best meals, rankings, and so much more. Check it out. It's free. That's the best part. It's free. Go to loganlewis.substack.com to read and subscribe. That newsletter drops every other Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And like I said at the top, make sure to send this podcast to one movie and TV loving person just like yourself. I hope everybody had a fantastic and safe Thanksgiving and Black Friday weekend. Thank you so much, everybody, and we will see you next time. Bye.